to the Skeptical Skeptics podcast. I'm your host, RJ Metzger. And I'm Rachel Metzger. And we're the Skeptical Skeptics. So we've had like 140, 150 new likes and like a couple hundred downloads over the past couple weeks. Yes. So just want to welcome all the new listeners and we appreciate your support. All the old listeners, we also appreciate your support. And if this is the first episode you've ever listened to, being a Skeptical Skeptic is being in between a true believer of anything weird and also like non-belief. We fall anywhere in between with any given story. So we try to just present the story and then share how we feel. Um, Yeah. I feel like eventually we'll be able to stop telling that. Maybe, but not in the first 10 episodes for sure. (laughs) Which means next week is our special episode. Yes, next week is our special. So uh, episode 10, we have decided after taking everyone's opinion that we'll do Area 51. Yeah, so every about we're thinking every 10 episodes, we're going to do a big special because there's just certain things to talk about, like Area 51, like Bigfoot, like uh, JFK's murder, like things like that that are just too big or even like Zodiac Killer. We could do one on him, too. That'd be cool. Um, But yeah, that are just too big of things to split up into two stories. So it's going to be a special of just we both talk about that big topic and have a conversation about it and talk about the biggest, craziest stuff that's happened around it. And whether or not we're believers or skeptics with it. Yeah, so it'll be a fun one. Uh, We're excited to do a special, especially on something that is so cool and has a lot of information like Area 51. Um, And I also grew up pretty close to Area 51, so that'll be pretty fun. Also, if before our special happens, we'll probably start recording at the end of next week. If you guys have any personal stories or cool stories you've heard about or things you really want us to talk about specifically about that topic, about Area 51, please send that to us, either private message or on Twitter or on Facebook, Podbean, or texting if you know us that well, however you want to tell us, just because I think the more stories we have, especially personal stories, make it really more interesting and give us more things to look at inside of the whole story. Exactly. So... Let's do Weird Fact of the Week. So the weird fact of this week is Eskimo groups used to all get in the same igloo. They would turn out the lights, which, by the way, I'm assuming that means like turn like blow out candles. (laughs) A blubber candle. Yeah. (laughs) Because like who has an igloo with like electricity? has a wall switch. (laughs) It just says turn out the lights. Like, oh, let me turn off the electricity in our house made of ice. Anyways. And then they would have sex with whatever body they could find. I'm assuming that means gender doesn't matter either. Uh, the lights would only get turned on, back on, after everyone was done. And nobody would know who they just slept with. There's no party like an Eskimo party. <laughs> it's like beginning of orgies. Also, the, the interesting thing is, do you think like, don't you think one person was ever like, I really want to know who I just slept with. And just wanted and started asking questions and people did not like it. I think that, that, yeah, that's probably the beginning of a lot of mystery lovers. (laughs) Maybe there's a whole like Eskimo love book series based on these orgies. Also, what if you ever went in the same igloo as your sibling? Oh, babe. Jeez. I mean, these people are. I think that's rule number one. You don't don't, go in the same igloo. I don't know if there are any rules. There's no igloo. There seems to be no rules. You can't igloo with animals and you can't igloo with relatives. I don't think anybody said that. And you are not an Eskimo. I am part Eskimo. Oh, my God. 
You're not. He's <laughs> I, not part of Eskimo. I think I am. You not? You're not. I'm pretty sure. I'm a hundred percent positive. There is not a single ounce we have of Eskimo blood in you. It. Have you seen my sister? She looks just like an Eskimo. Stop being mean to your sister on here. <laughs> Poor Becky. She's like one of our first listeners. She's rated all of our stuff. She's been so nice. She always comments, and RJ's just mean. I'm not mean. She does look like an Inuit. She does not. She looks like a Filipino. Okay, whatever. I'll post pictures on Facebook. Okay, fine. Anyway, so for this week, I'm going to be talking about the Black Shuck, which if you've never heard of it, neither had I today. Although, maybe you've heard of this, the Grimm from Harry Potter. Or Padfoot, the big black demon dogs. Yes, I know what that is. Okay. But I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's going to be great. I'm going to be talking about the Delphi murders. So these murders took place in Delphi, Indiana. Shocking. On February 13th of 2017. I like this one because I feel like we're talking about something more recent. And I know more about that. If that makes sense. Every time I talk about something that's like in the 1940s, I have a hard time because I'm like... It's hard to contextualize yeah, everything. Yeah, but this I can... Oh, that was... Because then you're like guessing about the... Almost two years ago. The technology and the methods. And like, I have to like look up a bunch of stuff because I don't want to sound stupid. Right, right. Yeah, this one was much easier. Unless Anyways. you forgot... When was it? 2017? Yeah. Yeah, it was a long time ago. You might have forgotten what it was like. <laughs> well, two years ago. So long. So at 1.45 p.m. on February 13th of 2017, two friends... 13-year-old Abby Williams and 14-year-old Libby German were dropped off to go hiking at some historic trails and an abandoned railway bridge. Which, by the way, at first, all it said was an abandoned railway bridge. It did not say historic trails. And I was like, who is dropping off a 13-year-old at this abandoned bridge? And just like, have a great time. Actually, I think that's your first suspect. The parents, right? <laughs> like, I'm taking I'm a 13-year-old like, for a Sunday stroll in Murder Woods. Not even taking. Like, they went alone. Yeah, well... So they got dropped off at 1.45 around that time. And at 5.30, they were expected to be back in the same spot to get picked up, right? But they didn't return. So they, uh, they sent in a missing person report to the police. And that started a massive search for the girls. Um, the next day, about a half a mile away from the bridge, their bodies were found. There were autopsies done, but the results were never disclosed to the public. I'm assuming because they're minors. Um... Maybe their family didn't want anybody to know. I don't know. Yeah, I think that would be it. It's family choice. Right. So during their hike, like any other teenager in the 2010s, is that what this is called? Yeah. The 2010s. Sounds Mm -hmm. really stupid. Um, I mean, you could say 2010s. You could go real cool. Call it the teens. What are you saying? No one calls it that. (laughs) That's the opposite of cool. I think you're you're too old to know what cool is anymore. Hold on. No. Because in the 2000s, you could call them the aughts. Or if you were really cool, it was the naughties. The please, knots. please stop talking. The naughty knots. What are you saying That's right true. now? That's true. They call them the aughts. No one has ever done that. <laughs> like 2005. <laughs> five. What are you talking the, the about? Aughts, the aughts, the aughties, the naughty aughts. Stop saying it over and over again. It's true. What the hell are you talking I'm, about? I'm not making this up. Please excuse my insane husband. No. This is pure garbage. It's true. There's no way what you're saying is fact right now. It is not. The naughties. They call them the Seriously, aughts. you just saying the words over again doesn't, doesn't make me believe you. <laughs> okay anyway that is by far the dumbest thing i've ever heard you say it is just and a I, fact i've been around you for nine years <laughs> i have heard you say a lot of stupid things it's a fact it's not a dumb opinion so i'm just gonna keep on 
continue on like that didn't happen. So anyways, like many teenagers in this day and age, they posted many of their pictures on to Facebook and Snapchat of the hike, which is like, in my eyes, the whole reason they went on the hike, right? Is like to go take pretty pictures. Yeah, 13 and 14 year old girls don't no, go hike by themselves. 13 and 14 year olds don't do anything unless it's they do it for the picture. Like it's, do it for the gram. Yeah. Do it for the vine. Nobody, do, nobody does it for the vine. Not since 2016. But you do it for the which gram. Which was a long time ago. Or you do it for the chat. For the snap. I don't know which one you say. Back in the knots, you would oh do it gosh. for the Facebook or YouTube. Do it. Nobody says do it for the Facebook or do it for the YouTube. Or the MySpace. That's really what it was oh in the Oh my knots. gosh. In there the was nothing. Yeah. Get on your old digital camera. Yes. And it took like an hour to <laughs> upload anything. You would take one picture. And like if you saw me right now, I'm holding a camera at an insane angle because this is the angle you held it at, right? This yeah. like almost directly above your head. Like from a drone, but looking pre-drone. Looking straight up. And then you would take the picture four times and then you'd stick it into with the little cord because that's what you have to use or into your computer. Or pull out SD card. Yeah, into your computer, and then it takes 30 minutes to download these four pictures. And you couldn't do it over Wi-Fi. What a dark time no, in there our was history. No, there's no Wi-Fi to use it on. Yeah. And then you uploaded it to your MySpace, which took another 45 minutes. Okay, because everyone it was knows the slowest thing ever. Let's move on. Not everyone. They do. Not like the really old people or they the super young people. They through the knots. No, I didn't live through the knots, because I don't aughts. know. That's not a thing. The naughty aughts. I, I just really have nothing to say. Like, no comments on any of this. <sighs> so, anyways, they took a bunch of pictures, and the pictures were mostly of the bridge and on the, surround, the surrounding woods around them. So, when the bodies were found, there were only two key pieces of evidence in the case. The first piece of evidence was a grainy photo of a man walking towards the girls on the trail. So, the photo was taken from Libby's phone. Which, that to me, sounds a lot like either... There's two ways you can go with this idea is either it was two girls who looked at some dude walking on the trails and was like, what a creepy guy. Let's take a picture, which sounds weird. But like, I'm sure I would have done the same thing at 13. Or it's like, hey, what a creepy guy who's following us. He might try to murder us. Let's Let's take a picture. Yeah. Which is much more sad. Then I think if they thought they were in trouble, why didn't they call their parents? Because there's no record of that. But anyways. And then the other. Oh, sorry. Start over with that. So from this picture, which I'm actually, I, I added to the end of my thing. So we have the picture that I'm talking about. They were able to match a sketch of, make a sketch of the suspect and hang the posters around town. Um, and then the second piece of evidence was an audio clip also taken on Libby's phone. It was of a man commanding someone to go down the hill, which again, sounds to me like he had already gotten to them. She somehow slipped her phone out, which like super smart girl. Because this is an audio clip. It wasn't a video clip. So she went into her microphone on her phone and recorded this guy talking. So first off, sad because she obviously knew something was going to happen. But also, smart girl. Go you for using the tools available to you, right? Except for the whole, we're getting followed on a trail and I snapped a picture. Hey, what do you expect from 13 and 14 year olds? Like, not the brightest time of your life. So there's other evidence that was found, um, but the police did not uh, share it with the public because they didn't want to hinder the trial if there ever was one. There was DNA found at the scene, but they never told us if it was connected to the murder or not. Another interesting part of this is Indiana law actually was hindering the investigation because before the law was that you could only only collect DNA samples from suspects 
who were already convicted felons. Huh. But they're changing the law where anyone accused of being a suspect will get a DNA, a DNA sample taken, which could obviously help a lot in finding the girl's killer. But that really stinks. Like, can you imagine being the parents and like you hear about, oh, we're taking this suspect in. They question him and then he can just leave when all they had to do was take DNA evidence and they can know right. for sure whether or not he was there. That's crazy. That would be really hard. So there was only one suspect. And I'm, this is like the only funny part of my story. It made me giggle probably more than it should have. So his name was Daniel Nations and he's from Colorado, which I at first is like, why would a man who is a resident of Colorado have anything to do with anything going on in Indiana? So here's the connection that they made. At least this is the way it said it. I'm sure there's a better, stronger connection than this. But from what I read, this is what it sounded like. So he used to live in Delphi a long time ago. And then in Colorado, <laughs> he was charged with being on a rural trail. Rural. Nothing makes you realize <laughs> that you have single digit brain cells like trying to say rural. I hate that word so much. Yep. So he was charged. You can't, can't get through this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. This is not funny to the people that happened to. With um, <laughs> he was on a rural trail, threatening people with a hatchet. <laughs> <laughs> and I just want to know, like, was his only goal to stand out there with the hatchet and scare people? Or was he trying to actually hurt people? He was just really bad at it. But like, I mean, despite whatever caused him to do this, as the cops, you'd be like, yeah, this is your guy. Right. Because he happened to live in Delphi right. a few years ago. And now he's a creeper hanging out on trails, threatening people. Right. Right. But also just like, I just want to know where his brain was in that moment of like, I'm going to go stand out on trails with a hatchet. I'm going to threaten people's lives, but I'm not going to hurt anybody. What was the goal here, Daniel? Well, maybe he was one of those creepy clown people circa 2016 Ugh. that ran around scaring people. I blocked that whole year out of my brain. I think because of that. Did. Ugh. So unsurprisingly, there was no evidence tying this man to any to the murders at all, because, you know, far fetched. So he is no longer considered a subject. There was only one other kind of piece of evidence. It's another photo I put on there. It's a picture of Abby walking on train tracks you know how every teenager has a photo of themselves with their hands up about like they're balancing which you need a balance on a train track walking on train tracks and on the side of the train tracks like hidden behind a tree is a dark figure of a man but it's like super blurry and people believe that that's him um and the description of the man he was wearing like a dark blue jacket and a hat matches kind of the blur but Basically, the police aren't willing to make it legitimate evidence because it's a blur. Um, the case is considered a cold case. There is still a poster of the sketch of the suspect hanging in Delphi almost two years later. And there is a $200,000 reward on anyone who has legitimate information. So wait, did they even have any DNA evidence from the killer? Uh, remember I said they have DNA from the crime scene, but they won't say if it matches anyone or not. Or like if right, it's, okay, yeah, gotcha. they won't say. I forgot that they're like super hush hush about stuff. Which is weird because it's a cold case now. Wouldn't you think with a cold case, they would want you to know everything. You would think, especially with all the like recent happenings with cold cases of like people on Reddit and stuff solving stuff. Like, 
I would, unless it was their dad. Yeah, but then he'd be taken in and on trial. This was two years ago. No, but they obviously don't have, they obviously have not matched the DNA to a person because if they had, he would be. Unless he wasn't a criminal. That's what I'm saying. They haven't, they, whether the DNA is from the murderer or not, they have not matched it. I know because it could be the dad. What does that have to do with anything? I don't know. I'm just saying he knew they were there. They took a picture of him. Like They oh, would have known that was their dad. Look at this little picture of dad. They would have said, that's my dad. They wouldn't have been like, who's this creepy guy? They, they didn't. Like, there was no caption. Babe. No, they wouldn't. And they wouldn't have taken a picture of the dude. They would have been like, hey, dad, oh, yeah, what are you doing? They had a sketch. I'm terrible at cold cases. This is why I don't solve RJ anything. RJ should not be an investigator. I am not an investigator. So although this is obviously a sad case, like most murder cases, um... To me, it's a very interesting case because in so many of the old cold cases, a lot of things could have been found out had there been more ways of finding evidence, more technology, more med- more like medicine and things like that, or like medical. Or DNA, what, what we say all the time. Like, yeah, DNA evidence, dental records, fingerprints, stuff like that. But not only do we have all of that now, these girls got... This man, not only a picture of him, which is a pretty dang good picture. You can't see his face, but you can see everything else about him and a voice clip. And yet nothing. Yeah. There's no one. I mean, how many times can someone say they got a picture of their murderer? Like, that's so rare. Right. Well, and can you imagine as both of those girls' parents seeing the picture of that man, knowing this is the man who killed my daughter and hearing his voice? Right. And still just nothing to come of it. I couldn't imagine that. Blows my mind. It's just like, yeah, it's really interesting because we just think. I mean, so often you think, oh, you know, people just can't get away with that kind of stuff now. Right. The way they used to. But it's like. Did you say how they were murdered? They I, they didn't really say. Are you listening to me? I straight said that. The police did not tell us. Because remember, I had that whole conversation because the parents didn't want us to know. So what if it was a hatchet? Maybe <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's why Daniel. That's why they were like, this guy. It has to be this guy. Daniel with his hatchet, man. Yeah. It's Daniel. Can you just imagine being those people walking on the trail, having a nice day in Colorado? This man just comes at you with a hatchet. And you're yeah, like, I'm going to die. And I then mean, about they, like about like half a mile down, you're like, oh, no, he's not following me. He was probably just. <laughs> OK, two scenarios. Either he owned land in the area, was just tired of people like walking through or he was dressed as a clown because it was close to 26. Now, my other scenario, though, is or he's a YouTuber. He's definitely a YouTuber. Who yeah. just wanted to hide in bushes and scare the crap out of people, but like took it too far and got arrested for it. Exactly. Well, you know what? Go him. So many people do that kind of stuff for YouTube. Look it up. Anyways. Yeah, that's my super sad, but very interesting story. Yeah, that is interesting. And that does suck. I, I mean, I just can't like, imagine. You know, unlike all those other murders that don't suck. <clears throat> now, that one sucks a lot more, though, I think. I think getting... I don't know. I mean, there's a whole bunch of like evidence for a whole bunch of murders, but getting a photo and a voice clip and still you're just that's well, just the fact that like that's like the only evidence you have, although it's really good evidence. Right. It's and, some of the and best. potentially DNA. I mean, they won't say it. Right. Yeah, it's I some mean, of the best evidence you can possibly get. Visual audio and a piece of the human being. And we still don't know who he is. You know, cops just suck. Maybe. Any cops who listen to this, I'm really sorry. Well, okay, fine. Investigators. I don't know. Like, I'm just saying because now there's all this like, oh, they forced the confession to get the arrest. Making a murderer. Yeah. Like stuff like, well, not just that, but I'm just saying all these stories coming out. 
just so they can move on. And then it's like you get handed like 99 pieces of the puzzle and you look at the picture and just go, I don't know. Well, maybe Indiana cops. How about that? I don't think we have any Indiana yeah, cops. Yeah, well, the law that they have sucks. Yeah, that's a dumb law. Why? What even is the point of that? Like, how is that? I'm assuming it's a privacy thing, but it's pretty yeah, stupid. I don't know. Anyway, um, okay. So for my story, like I said, I'm talking about uh, something called the Black Shuck, which is a pretty great name. Um, circa 1557, I think. Yeah, but it's like a really crappy name for a monster. 1577. No, it's a great name for a monster. No, it's not. Shuck? I disagree. No one's afraid of Shuck. That's well, the Black like... Shuck? I'm not afraid of that. No, it strikes fear in my heart. It makes me think of a clam. Yeah. Or an oyster. That gets shucked. Yeah, I like to eat those. Yeah, but... So I like when they get shucked. Would you like to get shucked? I don't have a shell. I don't know how to get shucked. <laughs> shuck me right what out of your robe. What are you going to shuck me out of? Out of your robe. I mean, it wouldn't be super pleasant, but it wouldn't kill me or be very painful. It's because it's not attached to you. Right, because I don't have a shell. What if you got shucked out of your skull? I, I don't like it. How do I get shucked out of my skull? You mean my brain? Let's eat oysters tonight. I don't... That sounds gross right now because of what we're talking about. Shuck. All right, ready? Blackjack is a stupid monster name. It isn't. I disagree. Anyway, so <clears throat> the Black Shuck uh, really started. OK, yeah, it's dumb. I can't even say it. <laughs> See, about, I told you the, the Black the black Shuck starts with um, a pamphlet as far as like the, the. It really gained steam starting with a pamphlet and the pamphlet is from. A reverend uh, from 1577, it reads a strange and terrible wonder wrought very late in the parish church of Bongay, a town of no great distance from the city of Norwich, namely the 4th of this August, in ye year of our Lord, 1577, in a great tempest of violent rain, lightning, and thunder, the like whereof hath been seldom seen, with the appearance of an horrible shaped thing, sensibly perceived of the people and then there assembled drawn into a plain method according to the written copy by abraham fleming okay for the dumbest name of a monster ever that is the coolest description of a monster of all time right so uh the reason why i had trouble reading that is not because i'm illiterate um contrary to popular belief it's because it's written in ye old english and also in like this type font that's kind of hard to read because it's like freaking 400 plus years old anyway so i'll post a picture of it so you guys can see sorry i just have one more comment about the name that i thought of can you imagine if someone came to you with like the insane fear face of i just saw a monster and you're like what happened and they're like i saw it and you're like you saw what the black shuck. the black shuck they would not strike fear in anyone. Apparently it did for 400 years. So you're in the Dang. wrong. Yet again. Anyway, so. Screw <laughs> you. As per usual. Um, so anyway, that is the cover. Um, all that text that I read and had trouble reading uh, was the cover of a pamphlet uh, describing this event. <laughs> what? Uh, there's a pamphlet for a monster? Yes, a pamphlet made by <laughs> Abraham Fleming. I love this so much. Anyway, so... We should all have monster pamphlets. Uh, at Holy Trinity Church in Blithburg, less than seven miles away from Leaston Abbey, uh, the black shuck supposedly burst in through the doors of a church in the middle of a morning session. Um, 
yeah. So this dog bursts in, uh, runs through the uh, aisles. This is what's described in the pamphlet, by the way. So like when you read this awesome ye old pamphlet, you open it and this is the account within, right? <clears throat> it's running through the aisles. It kills a man and a boy. Um, so a man and his son. And there are two other people like kneeling in prayer and it like strangles them. And then. Uh, so is it Satan's dog? Yeah. So that's, hey. Hey. No spoilers. Hey. Okay. Anyway, so. It wasn't a spoiler. It's a guess. I just have to be really good at it. <laughs> um, and then here's the insane part. Uh, it caused the church steeple to collapse and then left scorch marks on the north door, which can still be seen to this day. So the scorched claw marks are, are still there. It's a tourist attraction. Wait, I'm sorry. Where is this? In England. I want to see it. Yeah. So it's a big tourist attraction. You can still go see. And that's like these scorched claw marks was like, hey, guys, this happened. Let me send out a ye old pamphlet about it. Also, I'm trying to imagine this in my brain. A steeple is on top of a church. Yes. The church didn't collapse. No, the steeple collapsed off the church. <laughs> I know. Wait, hold on. But like, what if it was just like, hey. Maybe the steeple just happened to collapse. Like, how could you inside of a church? How could this demon dog thing? How could a demon dog have fiery claws? Like, it was just, why? what are the odds that a demon dog come in, kill, kill a couple people, and then the steeple falls off? Right, but like, how would it make just the steeple? Like, I would understand I it, it causing decided. damage to the actual building, which then caused damage to the steeple. Well, the steeples were probably very poorly made back then. But anyway, the point being... The building probably was too then. Demon dog came in, killed a couple people... Scorch marks, steeple fell off. Wait, and, but isn't there, aren't there like candles at the front of churches? What does that have to do with anything? I don't know. What if the demon dog got some candles? This is the best description I had. This is the best understanding I have of demon this. Demon dog got candles, which made <laughs> scorch marks that lasted 400 years, a steeple fall, and two people die. Well, no, a demon dog could also just kill people. That has nothing to do with it. So I'm, wait, all, I'm specifically okay, talking on, about the on. scorch marks right now. So this now. demon dog, capable of ending human life, <laughs> needed candles to make scorch marks. What if it's just a... What I'm, I'm trying to say here is what if it's just an oversized wolf? So then it's not a demon dog. It's just a wolf that walked in, killed a couple people, knocked over a steeple, and then left scorch marks with their opposable thumbs by grabbing a candle <laughs> and then holding it in no, place for 30 minutes. No, what if it accidentally caught its little paws on fire? Okay. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> I'm just trying to give the most, like, logical side because it's the only logical. thing I can think of. Okay, then give me it one. It's a demon dog. <laughs> okay, right. I'm trying to look at what you would say oh, if it's on. not a demon but, dog. No, I just think that, if anything, it's just a crap story that isn't true, but, like... To say that oh, a yeah, dog, that. yeah, a dog grabbed a candle, caught his, grabbed. Little, his little paw, caught his fire. little paws, no, he's he on just fire. touched it. He got angry. He didn't grab it. Killed he just got people. too close. And then scorched. Catch a hand on fire and tell me how easy it is to scorch something. I'm not saying it's easy. What if he was just like, I don't know, rabid. Anyway, so or not true. Seven miles away, though, another church also was ravished by a black demon dog. Like, how quickly did these things happen? Same, like, I don't know, time, same day, but I don't know. Oh, okay. Anyway, so, tales of monstrous black dogs with growing, glowing red eyes um, are... <laughs> growing red eyes? <laughs> yeah, gross. They just get bigger. <laughs> uh, they abound worldwide, but they're especially, uh, what's it called, popular in England, which, by the way, like 20% of our audience is from the UK. So shout out to you what guys. Um, but anyway, so 
In England, uh, it goes by the titles The Black Shuck, of course, and then The Grim, The pa- uh, Padfoot, and Hellhound. So Grim and Padfoot, of course, were two words used in Harry Potter. Also much cooler than Black Shuck. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah but Harry Potter is a lot more modern. Um, but anyway, so some people have thought that these were actually just black leopards, jaguars, or pumas, because like it had to come from somewhere. And they come, like the stories about these go from mundane to, hey, has anybody lost a black dog? To, you know, hey, it caused a steeple to fall over and it burned, you know, scratch marks into my stuff. So this guy named Norman, um, I forgot his first name. Matt? We'll you go shouldn't with Matt. say someone named Norman. That sounds like their first name. This guy with the last name Norman there you go. Uh, has been studying black dogs for 15 years. Like the black dog phenomenon, not just any random black dog for <laughs> hey, 15 you. years. Come here. Hey, are you the black shuck? Uh, anyway. No. It's a cute little pupper. <laughs> it's just a little tiny pupper. Um, he's like, I don't have claws. Death claws. Um, anyway, so uh, he says not all black dogs are bad. <laughs> not Again, not talking about physical dogs. right? He's talking about all the black dog stories. Um, He says, while many are omens of death. Oh, wow. I didn't even realize that. Yeah. So this ties into an American side of things where truckers will see a black dog of death with red eyes right before like a big car wreck happens. Anyway, so I'll post a link to that. I have never heard of that before. Yeah. You know what? I might do like a follow up mini-sode with that just because they're so related. Um, So maybe it'll be like a third story that we tack on somewhere. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so I didn't even I didn't even make that connection until just now. But while many omens are or while many are omens of death, there are ones that are attached to a family in some way. So like they'll say like, hey, that's our black dog um, and they are seen as protective. And then there are some that are attached to particular locations also seen as protective. And then um, road dogs are also common. So like the dog of the road, um, you know, attached to a place again. So. Uh, there are also, you know, legends of dogs that follow a particular route or, you know, some like a rural area with Daniel and the countryside. Uh, anyway, so with this hatchet with this hatchet. Yeah, maybe that's what he was doing. He's trying to find the demon dog um, fight off the demon dog. Yeah. So seen as death omens, but also have been seen as, uh, you know, good in the past. Uh, and the perception of the dogs, although worldwide, like, so these stories, like I said, American truckers, this is in England. Um, and then in places like Muslim countries, uh, where dogs are generally seen as like vile or dirty. Um, they also kind of get that like moniker. And then in places where dogs are loved, that's where they get the more protective moniker. So it follows with society, right? So you have these black dog stories that involve them dissolving into mist, uh, black dogs that are sizes, the size of houses and that walk on hind legs. So, and it's going to get pretty interesting here pretty soon. Our dog walks on hind legs. She does. Um, she's not black and uh, she's definitely not scary. And I don't think she's ever shucked a she's thing in her life. super cute. Yeah. She might shuck. You don't know. Uh, no. Anyway, so the first reference in, in any text was from 1127. Uh, so a long time ago. And lots of references uh, to black dogs come from like parents trying to keep kids away uh, from places, you know, black dogs can get you. Scaring your kids. Best way to get them to do anything you want. Yes. Parenting tip. I constantly tell Sterling there's monsters in places I don't want him to go. 
Yeah, it works. That's it, why. He, it really works. It also... Or um, there's spiders. Sorry. So in history, there's also smugglers doing the exact same thing. So, uh, you know, they have their loot or their booty, if you will, <laughs> um, over in a place. And then they spread stories about this demon black dog or whatever. And then they've even, uh, in history, gone so far as to grab horses and paint them in either black or like luminescent colors and then tell people that it's either a black dog or uh, that it's uh, the headless horseman. Right. So like you imagine those boar horses. It's yeah. just like, why? why? Please stop. Well, I can't even imagine what horrific paint this must oh, have been man. from so back much then. Lead. Yeah. Like, I don't even know if it's lead. Like, who knows? Anyway. So um, and then it goes all the way up to the modern time. So there was an article and I'll post it. And there was this uh, lady named Nikki Hatch who sent uh, this story and it says, I grew up in Lip Hook, just under the Iron Bridge and turned left Witch Sheaf Enclosure. I don't know. Uh, that's a very strange way to describe a place. Anyway, but she said the road leading to the golf course and further onto the coach road. I'm sure this matters to somebody who lives there. Anyway, here's the story. She goes, my mother was in the habit of walking the dogs in the early evening around dusk. It was one such evening and I was in a pushchair, so I guess I would have been about two or three years old in 1965 or 1966. And the poodles apparently stopped at the crossroads where the main road intercepts uh, the uh, coach road near where she lived. The dogs were staring down uh, the right turn and growling. And this Nikki, who was a kid back then, remembers seeing a large black dog. Its mouth was very red as though coated with blood. And its coat was rough and coarse, and it just stood there looking down at her. Uh, apparently, she said to her mother, Mom, I see, I don't like that black dog. Uh, but the mom could see nothing. So the dogs are growling. The kid is saying, I don't like that dog. And then, um, yeah. So pretty creepy. Anyway, so the yeah, kid. I don't love that. Kid still remembers feeling threatened, um, although to her recollection and her mother's recollection, like nothing happened other than these dogs not liking it. So another weird part of it is uh, her mother told her that she saw a black dog herself a short distance along that same path later, and it was standing in the path looking towards her. And when she bent, so this one is the one the mom could see, and she bent down to pick up the poodles because she was worried about them. Um, but whenever she stood back up, the dog was gone, but she didn't know where it could have gone. It was in the middle of a road, right? And so, and apparently the baby, Nikki, didn't react to this one, okay? So, uh, Nikki says it had been many years before she realized that the black, black dog sightings were so common. Um, at that young age, uh, she doesn't know how she could have picked up from like folklore motifs. Yeah, no, you it, wouldn't right? have. Exactly. So, you know, what did she see? Right. It's very interesting. Um, so it's also super interesting that it was such a big deal to her at the time that she still remembers it from that young age. Well, and probably, and this is the way it is like for my very young memories, it's, I remember like glimpses of things and then my parents fill in the blanks. Right. And obviously this was a situation her mother remembered. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I remember stuff from when I was two years old and I remember very small particulars, but it's definitely enough to, you know, you'd still remember it. Uh, anyway, so here's where it gets interesting in the modern age. Um, so Leaston Abbey in Suffolk, England, which is a monastery, uh, apparently, it's very near where that Holy Trinity Church is with the scorch marks. Um, dog remains were found there by an archaeological dig. Um, and the dog is, or the skeleton of the dog is big enough for the dog to be about seven feet tall, standing on its hind legs. Oh my gosh. So absolutely massive. 
um, and would have been over 200 pounds. And they say it has the must like the skeletal structure of like a Great Dane, but just massive. Right. Um, the dog was found in a very shallow grave, only about 20 inches and carbon dated to 1600s. And some parts of it might go back as far as the 1100s. But they do think it was about the time that this black shuck pamphlet was running around and all these things were, you know, getting popular. Right. So. The skeptical side of this is obviously it's not a hellhound, it's just a dog. Um, and one of the things that really, you know, backs that up is that um, this dog was like buried right near where the monastery kitchen was. So uh, a lot of people think it was like the monastery's dog and it had an injury. So it would they may have had to put it down. Right. And then lovingly buried it. So uh, they do think it may have just been a giant dog. Right. But. Because we don't even know what dogs were like back then. Like, we don't know. No, actually, that was the fun part. Uh, they actually did um, coincide with some studies that show that dogs were revered and loved back then as they are now. Well, so, no, I didn't mean that. I meant, like, size and what they looked like and uh, stuff like that. That's what I meant. Uh, so having a dog that big. Might have been normal. Who knows? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But, yeah, so, um, but it's just the proximity, the time. And the fact you find this giant dog, that's pretty interesting, right? Um, and everybody, of course, harken back to that pamphlet that I struggled reading to you. Um, but yeah, so the black dog phenomenon is really, really interesting. So this is interesting to me just because it's like it goes back. We've talked about a hundred times about the whole myth thing of how myths are created, about how they pass down because of the way they're created, about how people are ready to see things, whether they're actually there or not because of that. Well, it's just like, and of course we'll do an episode, right? But like Bigfoot, right? Like uh, there's a Bigfoot myth pretty much everywhere. Um, and it's, it comes off as like a big ape or whatever. But like the, to, to that point, right? Like it's, they're also in regions with bears, right? Like they're also in well, regions. When you go with, out into woods that have Bigfoot, you're looking for Bigfoot. Right. So anything that looks like that, you're going to say is it's Bigfoot. It's been like that. Like we create these stories and hand them down. But at the same time, there's many, many people who go out to disprove things. And when you go out to disprove things, a lot of times, if you don't want to see it, you won't see it. If you see something like that, you'll say, oh, it's a bear. When maybe right. it was Bigfoot. Well, and that, yeah, and I think that's the thing. Like, so big black dogs obviously exist. So this probably didn't come from nowhere. Which, by the way, disclaimer, these kind of stories make me really sad because then black dogs are ignored. So when you go to the shelter and you see a cute little black dog... Get it anyways. Yeah. It's not its fault. It's the same color as demon dogs. Right. It's not a demon dog. It's cute and we'll give you kisses and love you forever. So something to talk about is that church story. That's insane, man. Totally nuts. Yeah. But at the same time, completely untrustable. Yeah. Oh, Because it's yeah. the 1500s. Yeah, 1577. Which stinks because it's like, if this was more recent, if there are more people, if we could have like actual... Someone live tweeting it or Snapchatting or even, it. Yeah, or even like photographs from 30 years ago. Well, it I mean, doesn't we have, have to be something like that. Yeah, but I mean, someone could have literally made those up. Yeah. Someone could have just made those. At 1578, we wouldn't really What do you think know. people even had to do back then? Not a it's lot. It's just nothing. No. It's just die, get sick. Unless you were an Eskimo. Yeah, they had a lot to do. Yeah, everybody. Some gross stuff. Anyways, yeah, it's, I think, well, if you think about it, a lot of the myths we talk about started a long, 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 long time ago. Back when nobody had anything else better to do, especially the whole scaring your kids thing. That stuff is so real. Like, what so do you true. think? Well, and that, that's an actually a really valid point, too. Like, so if you use something to scare kids for a long time and then they see something that even close to resembles. That kid becomes an adult one day. Yeah. And it's like, no, like 
yes, my parents scared me with this, but it's because it's or real. And then some all of a sudden, parents don't ever tell their kids that it wasn't real. Right. And it's just a forever, yeah. you know, well, especially in like those, kind of thing. those big like God fearing and witch fearing days too. Yeah. Well, not, yeah. And I think, I mean, we all want to like talk about how Santa Claus is like a good thing, but it's like really Santa is to make your kids be good. Right. right. It's all the same kind of stuff. Like we all have those things. We do it a lot less than they did back then. And, you know, I mean, back then it was pretty terrifying. If you look up some of the stories, people would tell their kids to keep them from doing bad things. But I think that's where a lot of myths come from is telling your kids scary stories. Um, but, yeah, it's just interesting where they I think I mean, we obviously could do as another special of an entire episode of myths of just myths in general and just like the origins and how they came about and how they and the psychological aspect behind it of how they mess with you and how you come to expect those kind of things. So when you see something that could even close to resemble something like it, your brain makes you believe that's what it is. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's so much behind it. Like, um, for instance, like if you've never heard of Joseph Camp Joseph Campbell and the monomyth, like he has broken down, like from star Wars to Harry Potter to, you know, ancient myths, like how we have this same storytelling pattern, from culture to culture and age to age. It's it's very interesting, like how psychology just keeps us into these typecast like molds of how we perceive the world. So it's pretty cool. But yeah, so black demon dogs. If you guys have any stories about black demon dogs or know any truckers, let us know. And again, if if you come up with anything about Area 51 before next week, please comment or message or whatever and let us know. Tell us your stories. Tell us someone else's stories. Tell us your favorite story that you want us to make sure we talk about. Whatever. Yeah. So we'll be doing a lot of research and coming up with maybe like five or six stories for that episode. So it'll be a little longer than normal um, and hopefully a lot of fun. So um, like Rachel said, you know, take this time. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Facebook. Reach out to us on Podbean. uh, But just let us know. We'd love to get you involved in the conversation and go from there. This will be our first special. And we're also taking stories every single week of personal creepy stories so that we can do a listener story episode as well. So we'll keep gathering those until we can drop a special with that. So please, uh, if you have any creepy stories at all, not just about Area 51, but in general. um, Or just about ghosts. It can be about anything. Yeah, just post. demon dog or aliens or murdering or close calls any anything at all so uh, any creepy stories either look for the weekly post that we put up looking for creepy stories normally i do that on sunday um or uh find one of the old posts and just throw it in there so yeah appreciate you guys listening appreciate all the support um if you have anything at all uh reach out to us we'd love to hear from you thanks bye bye (laughs) 